Wow. <laughs> well, we feel so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Um, Pastor Lynn and Renee have been so kind to us. We've loved staying at their home. My girls feel like they're at Nana and Papa's house. Um, they've just been so, so kind to us. And it's so good to be here with you guys. Um, we've had a great weekend. We really have. We, we bring greetings from sunny Redding, California. So may you be blessed with the sun, not the heat. It gets up to like 110 degrees there during the summer. Um, yeah, we, we're from a church called Bethel. Have any of you heard of Bethel? Yeah, yeah, it's a big church. Um, we have an amazing team with us, a group of second and third year students. Um, Peter is a pastor in the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in the first year environment. And so I just quickly want to introduce the team. We've got, we've got a group, um, a fiery group. We've been laughing all weekend. It's been incredible. And um, we have a couple of nations represented as well. So we have two students from Australia, Daniel and Cara. You can stand up. They are, um, they're amazing. Uh, Daniel's going to be a dad next month. First time. So they are third year students. And then we've got um, Martha from Austria. All the way from Austria. Yes. We've got Mate from Brazil. Brazil. And then we've got some Americans. So we have, yes, we have two representing Ohio State, Caleb and Adira. You can stand up. Yes. And then we have Maryland. Maryland. How do you? Maryland. Maryland. This, well, Rachel. Okay, who else have we got? Julian from Oregon. Joel from Minnesota. Minnesota, eh? And then that's it, is it? That's it. And our girls. <laughs> they don't want to stand up, they don't want to come here. But you obviously know we have an accent. We, we are not Americans. We come from South Africa, the other side of the world. And so we, we've been in America for 10, almost 10 years now. Um, our girls are with us. Amy is 13 and Katie is 10, um, almost 11. So when we moved out here, she was a crawling, cute little baby. Um, God had been speaking to us for a number of years before we moved out here about um, radical obedience and change. And so we had heard about Bethel. We had heard about Bill Johnson. We were reading some of his books and listening to some of his messages. And um, we had friends that came to Reading to do the School of Ministry. And it was one of those situations where we were like, wow, that would be amazing. But wisdom says, you know, raise your family, buy a home, keep your job, that kind of thing. And at the time, Pete was in the corporate world. He was working for a company, a sister company of Toyota. He was in, the, in management. Um, sort of climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom. I just had Katie at the time. And, but yet we felt this burning in our hearts that there was something, there was something that God had for us. And so I'm just gonna tell you a little bit of our story and then I'll hand over to Pete. Um, so yeah, School of Ministry, we thought maybe one day. And so God started speaking to us. He just said, get ready. There's gonna be a season change and it's gonna require radical obedience. So we didn't know what that looked like. 
so we just got ourselves ready. We, we got our girls' passports. We kind of kept our savings. We just made ourselves very um, liquid, if that's the right way. So like if he said, we could, we could do whatever. And so long story short, we felt called to come out and do school of ministry. And we had these two little girls. Um, we, we told our families, all of our family is back in South Africa. And our families were very supportive. I mean, they were like, don't live there. You can go for one year. <laughs> don't live there. <laughs> You've got to stay with us. And so um, anyway, we, we, we sold our cars. Pete quit his job. We put our, le- our notice on our rental. We felt the Lord say, don't buy a property right then and there. So we had all our life savings in our bank accounts. We got our visas. We packed seven check-in suitcases, two carry-on suitcases, and we got to the airport. And... Um, South Africa is very far away from San Francisco. It's like literally, I was looking at the globe and literally it's like on the other side of the earth. So we, we flew from, this is the flight pattern from Durban, which is a city in South Africa to Dubai, is eight hours. We had about five hours in Dubai. And then we flew a 16 hour flight to San Francisco with little children, it's pretty brutal. The girls are incredible travelers, but it was just, it was, it was a lot. And I don't think I fully, as a mom, you know, I was so good at getting little things ready. I wasn't aware of like the distance, the journey to get there, but we felt a word of the Lord. And so we said, yes, we said, yes, God. So we got to the airport. The first flight went pretty well. You know, we're running on adrenaline, had the layover halfway into the second flight. Katie, my littlest, was sitting on my, on my lap and she was playing with one of these headbands and I'm holding myself together just like, it's going to be okay, everything's fine. You know, we don't have no idea what's on the other side of this, but Lord, we're trusting you, we're trusting you. And there was a moment in the flat where she snapped my headband, just playing with it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal, but something, it felt like something snapped inside of my heart and I just started bawling, like, the flat and everyone around must have thought like isn't the baby supposed to be crying <laughs> not the adult but I, I just felt so vulnerable and so raw just thinking God what have we done like we you said a word and we just it felt like we just leapt off a cliff and I don't know like can I trust you you know I thought we were looking for these big confirmations like it would have been so great if God wrote on the wall yes you are going to Red in California, you will be there longer than a year. Like, you will be okay. The Lord will provide. He didn't do that. He just, he just said a word and we just said yes, you know. And so anyway, crying on the flat, still had another eight hours to go. Eventually we landed. And, and when we landed in San Francisco, it was midnight, South Africa time. So our girls were both dead asleep. And I remember trying to wake them up. The flat had landed. We needed to go get our eight suitcases and two carry-on suitcases. And they were just so exhausted. And so they started crying, like just, you know, that like deep, tired cry. They didn't know where they were. So I lifted Katie on one hip, Amy on the other. Pete had our two carry-on bags. We're like shuffling through the plane, crying babies. We probably looked like we'd been hit by a truck and got to our baggage claim, 
had to get two carts, because four could fit on one, four could fit on the other. Anyway, managed to get into customs land into San Francisco, and customs is not an easy thing. Your custom officials in the United States are very good at protecting and asking questions and taking their time with each person. So the line could take probably a good two hours. So I remember sitting on the floor with these two crying babies and Pete is pushing one cart, going back, getting the other one. Eventually we got our way to the back of the line and, and yeah, just feeling like, wow, okay, we've done this. And God, here we are. So we're sitting there and one of the customs officials we obviously catch his eye. He closes his booth, comes straight to us at the back of the line and he says, come with me, I'm gonna open the booth up. So he directs us out. Everyone's looking like, hello, this is not fair. <laughs> Takes us to his booth, talks to us. Eventually he finds out we're going to Bethel and he's like, oh yeah, I love that church. We've got friends, I've got friends that have been there, like welcome guys, you know, breeze through our passports, asked us a few questions, stamps. And then he looks at us and he says, welcome to America. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so can I see. I mean, bald eagles, the flag. I just couldn't believe it. We had made it. It felt like I had run an ultra marathon and we had made it. But not only that, he then closed his booth and he escorted us out of the airport to the front door, he told us exactly where the bus was gonna be because we had booked a hotel, we were gonna just crash. The bus pulled up at the exact moment, he helped us load our suitcases onto the bus, we got to the hotel and we crashed. And I just, that was God. I think that guy was an angel, I really do. And it just made me realize that when God speaks a word, he requires an act of obedience and then he catches you every single time. So I just want to, I just shared that story just to encourage you guys that maybe some of you are facing some decisions you have to make and it feels scary and it's requiring everything, it requires surrender, but the Lord is there. It's, 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 there's always an act of obedience according to His Word. Like when Jesus was walking on the water, He said to Peter, come. He didn't say, come Peter, you are going to walk on water and I'm going to catch you. He didn't say that. But Peter needed to step out of the boat. And so one of the scriptures that I just has carried me through um, my life is Isaiah 30 verse 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. The Lord directs your steps. And then Isaiah 26 verse three, it says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. Amen. Okay. I'm gonna hand it over to you. Yeah. Good job. Why, why, don't, you, why don't you quickly just pray over everybody who might be in a situation like that where they need to take a yeah. step of faith. Did, did that story resonate with anyone? Is anyone going through a situation? Yes, okay, I'm gonna pray. Father, we, we thank you that you're a good, good father, just like we sang this morning, that you don't give us a call and a, and a word only to leave us to find our way and to feel lost. The pressure's not on us, God. 
we thank you, Father, that, that as you speak and we take that step of faith, that you're a good Father, that you're there to catch us and direct us. And Lord, I thank you that you have plans and purposes for, for people here today, that you've spoken big words. I thank you, God, that your, your plans and purposes are good and that your hand is able to direct. And so I just speak hope and faith into hearts today. For those who, who are maybe struggling with the courage to say yes, God, and to actually take that step of faith, I pray for just, I almost see a picture of like when you blow up a balloon, just for um, God's like breathing life and faith and hope into situations. And so Lord, we thank You, we thank You. Just like You, you are, have been with us, God, You're a good Father. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lisa. I married up. There's no doubt about it. No question in my mind. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you all for having us. Um, it's a real honor. Thank you, Pastor Lynn and Renee. Best dressed pastors, hands down. I always feel underdressed when I come here. But yeah, thanks for having us. Great honor to be here. Um, and the whole pastoral team, just so thankful for all of you. Um, you guys have looked after us really well this whole weekend and over the, the six, seven years that we've been here. It's, it's just been such a treat. We love coming back here. It feels like we're coming back home to our, like our other home. It feels like we're visiting family when we come here. So thank you for welcoming us. And thank you for, the, for taking up that offering for us. My goodness, that was, I was a wreck on the front row there. I'm very thankful Lisa had something like 10 minutes prepared because I got to compose myself. But yeah, thank you. We really, really appreciate that. As Lisa mentioned, I've got a really great team with me. And before I start sharing, I've got three of them that I want to just come up quickly and just release. They've got a a word for you guys. Um, I I think they're probably more corporate words. Come on up, guys. You know who you are. Um, They've got a corporate word. So we've got Adara, Mate, and Rachel. Okay. All right. Hi, guys. So we were in the green room praying. Um, I saw a picture of the city, um, all these surrounding cities in Idaho. And um, I've talked to a couple of you about how, like, the stress of, like, so many people moving here, people are flooding here, I'm sure all of you know. And I saw, like, an overview of all these cities, and I saw every house, but I just saw the foundations of the house. And I saw God um, going around and like checking them and making sure they were strong and strengthened. And I could hear, um, as I was sitting down over there, I could hear uh, in Isaiah 54 too, like extend the tent pegs, like prepare for like an expansion. Like it's time to expand. It's time to get bigger. He's checking your foundations. I even believe like at this church, he's making sure you're strong and ready for more. And I also hear Psalms 2, like, ask me for the nations and I will give them to you. I truly believe, like, he is preparing you guys for more. Like, I hear that there's so much favor on this house. There's so much favor. Like, prepare not only to expand physically, like, expand because get ready. Like, people are going to flock to you because they see what you have in the spirit. But also, get ready for more spiritually. Like, God is so ready to give you more. Um, There's so much favor here. 
Um, so yeah, I just bless you guys with that. And uh, yeah, get ready for more because he's ready. Hey guys, good morning. Um, the Lord often speaks to me in my dreams. And I had a dream last night. Um, in this dream, I had a baby, a little girl. And I was so excited about it. I was so happy. She was so cute. But at the same time, I am not married. So I was feeling so embarrassed. I was feeling like, how can I explain to people that I did nothing wrong? And this is a good thing. And I just felt like this is a word for you guys. I was reminded of Mary. And when Gabriel comes, the angel Gabriel comes to her to explain that she's going to carry Jesus, like she's the chosen one. She feels so scared and so troubled because how can you explain that um, you're carrying the Savior? Or how can you explain what's happening in you? And I feel like a lot of you guys are receiving a lot from the Lord. The Lord has been giving you a lot of things, even like a revelation of your calling or new giftings. And these are like big things and you feel like so excited, so happy about it. But at the same time, it can feel a little like embarrassing. Like, why me? This is so big. How can I explain to people what's happening in me? And how can I explain like, why me? And I feel like the Lord wants to break off shame today. He wants to, I, I even can listen to the Lord saying, I give you permission to dream big. And I give you permission to step out on your calling. And you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to feel embarrassed about it. You don't have to feel like, oh, this is too big for me because, yes, it is. But yeah, the Lord does something like this sometimes. And yeah, I really feel like the Lord is breaking off shame today. You can dream, you can step out, and you can have the conviction that this is for you. This big dream is the Lord. The Lord is giving you this. Yeah. Well, we sang about this in worship, about joy, and so I think God is on joy and refreshing today as well. The picture that he gave me, do you guys know the story in 2 Kings with Elisha and the widow? And so she, he comes to her and he's like, make me a bread. And she's like, all I have is a little bit of oil. And he said, gather a bunch of jars, and then they pour the oil, and it keeps pouring, and it keeps pouring, and they fill up every jar, and then when all the jars are full, that, that, then it stops. And so I feel like today... Um, God is wanting to fill you guys up with joy and refreshing. And so we're going to do a little bit of an act of faith. Can you guys do that with me? We're going to be the jars. So we're just going to put our hands up. And so, yeah, God, I just bless this church. I bless the filling that they're going to receive today, an infilling of refreshing, an infilling of encouragement, places where they felt discouraged or not full of life. God, right now, your oil of joy and refreshing is coming on them and filling them up to overflowing. And he's not going to stop with one half of the room or the next, but he's going to fill every jar, every individual. So, Lord, we just release your refreshing and your joy today. Amen. 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 All right. If you receive those words, say, I receive them for myself. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm excited to share with you. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and not share for too long, but I've got a word on trust that I feel like the Lord wants me to share. Not, not an overly complicated word, um, 
ultimately what I'm going to say to you today is we should trust in the Lord in every area of our lives. So if you want to leave now, you can. That's really what I'm going to say. But hopefully by the end of the, the meeting, uh, you will have be, be more inspired to trust and, and feel more confident to trust in the Lord. I, I feel like when the Lord asks me to go speak in a different church, that I don't just release a word that's, that God's been doing in me, although this, that is true in this case, but also feel like he has me release like a prophetic word for what he is doing in the house and what needs to happen for where the house is going. So I feel like this is a, a word in season for this church that for you to step into what is next as a house, as a church, trust is going to be key. So I think it's important. I think it's important that we all learn how to trust, hold on to trust, understand what trust is, and start trusting. Let me just tell you what trust is, and then I'm going to share a, a personal story or two with you, and then we're going to get into Scripture. So this is what the, the dictionary says trust is. An assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something one in which confidence is placed. So it's an assured or confident reliance on someone, and in our case, an assured or confident reliance on God. Okay, really, really simple. Now, trust, trust is something that our, our faith is built on. Our, as Christians, we live a life of trust in who God is, in His nature, in His character. But it's quite, at least for me, I find that I can get, get busy with life, I can go on with things, and I, I start to realize, oh, there's areas of my life where I'm actually not trusting God, where I'm just, I'm just going with the flow, and, and I'm, I'm relying on my own confidence, I'm relying on my own skills, my own abilities, my own gifts, but I'm not necessarily trusting in the Lord in this situation. And, and just recently, probably a few months ago, um, my youngest daughter, Katie, she, I think it was the beginning of January or so, around there, she, she had a little accident. She fell in our kitchen. She, like she, she just fainted, and then she fell, and she hit her head and experienced a mild concussion, which, honestly, she's fine. Everything was fine, but something happened in me when I saw that, and I, I saw her in the kitchen lying unconscious, and it just triggered something in me. I have experienced some traumatic things happen in the past. And subconsciously, a lot of those trauma things just got triggered. And so for a couple of months after that, I was feeling really overwhelmed, just feeling anxious, feeling frustrated, felt like my capacity was really small. Like I didn't have, I just felt like I felt heavy. I felt in a funk. I didn't know what was going on and I had no idea how to get myself out of it. But I was trying. I was trying really hard to get myself out of it. I was trying to do all the right stuff, say the right prayers, read, read my Bible, um, worship, you know, doing all the right stuff. But I realized in doing all the right stuff, I wasn't really trusting in the Lord to help me. Um, and so one day, I lead a revival group in, in the school. And what that is, it's just like a, a group of about 55 students and we meet every week. And the one week we had a guest speaker come in, and I had anticipation. Something inside of me was 
excited for the, for this for this meeting. I think that week Lisa hadn't been well, so she was coughing a lot at night. So I was sleeping downstairs on the couch. So I had a lot of time to myself, a lot of time to pray. And I, I was praying before this meeting, just like, God, something needs to shift. Like, I'm tired of being in this funk. I'm tired of feeling overwhelmed. I'm tired of, like, just something has to happen. Like, I, it was just a cry of desperation, to be honest. And I had expectation. I, I did have, had faith that something was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I was just like, okay, I feel like tomorrow is going to be an important day for me. And so we go to this meeting, and this guest speaker comes in, and she's leading the revival group, and we're having a good meeting, and she leads us on this little encounter, very, very simple encounter. I can't even remember what was happening, what she was saying, but ultimately, I closed my eyes, and in my mind and in my imagination, I saw a doorway, just like the doors at the back, and it just opened ever so slightly, just a, just a crack, maybe six inches. And I saw Jesus on the other side. And he said to me, do you trust me? And in that moment, I realized, oh, I do, but I haven't. I do trust you, but I haven't been trusting you. And I was like, yes, yes, I do trust you. And as I said that, the door opened. And he walked in. And, and then, like, the encounter shifted, but it, probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, in that meeting, this guest speaker prayed for me and was just laying her hands on me, and the Holy Spirit touched me in a, in a way that I haven't experienced for a long time. And it was beautiful, and I was, I was on the floor, and it takes a lot to get me on the floor. And it, he had me down, and I was just weeping, and at the same time, just feeling the the Spirit of God flowing through me. And I didn't have, like, in my mind, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew God was doing something in me. And I got up after that encounter, probably 10, 15 minutes later, and I could just feel something was different. I could feel the months of heaviness had just lifted. I could feel that sense of being overwhelmed had just gone. I suddenly was like, oh, I got capacity again. Oh, I can breathe again. I honestly felt like a different person. And it just came from that one moment of, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I, I, I feel like the Lord is getting us back to this place of, there, there are some of us, you, some of you sitting here now, you might be in that space where you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm just, I'm just, life doesn't feel great right now. You know, it could be emotionally, it could be spiritually, it could be financially, relationally, whatever it is. You could be in the space where you're like, I, I'm, I'm trying everything I know how to do, but nothing's really landing. Nothing's working. Nothing's getting me out of this space. I feel like the Lord is encouraging us to trust Him again. Before I carry on, sorry, I, I, I just keep feeling like i got a word for you guys. It's Ryan and, sorry, I've forgotten your name. Say again. Anna, Ryan and Anna. 
I, I just I feel like the Lord's been highlighting you guys this weekend. And I just see you stepping into a new season. And I had this picture of you guys walking in like a desert where there was desert in front of you, but behind you there were just beautiful flowers. Just as, as you took a step, flowers were popping up behind you. I saw daisies, tulips, daffodils, like all the pretty flowers. It just looked really beautiful. It, was like, it, it looked like you were walking. There was winter in front of you, but spring behind you. And I just feel like, you know, whenever, wherever the Holy Spirit is, he, he just makes all things new. And there is something about you guys where you're so full of the Spirit of God that wherever you go, you make all things new. The Spirit of God is just leaking out of you. He's flowing out of you. I don't think you realize what an impact you have on situations. I don't think you realize what an impact you have on atmospheres, on environments that you're in, relationships that you, that you have with people. But wherever you go, the Spirit of God that you have been cultivating relationship with for many, many years, He is flowing out of you. And He is impacting and He is making all things new. This is a new season for you guys. This is, a, this is a start of something new. So God, yeah, I just thank you. I thank you for this new season. I just bless them in this new season. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will fill them to overflowing. Fill them to overflowing. Wherever they go, may your spirit just flow out of them, leak out of them, and just turn dry, hard ground into beautiful, fertile soil that, that is... That is um, where there are flowers blooming and blossoming all around them. Yeah, just thank you, Lord, that you make all things new in their lives and you make all things new through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Okay, back to trust. Amen. All right. I'm just going to talk to you. Let's go. The Lord's been speaking to me through Joshua and David in particular, through their lives. And if you look at both of them, they had opportunities where they needed to trust God. David, if you look at him... We all know the, the, the classic story of David and Goliath. Before David had that opportunity to, to slay a giant, he had been tending the sheep. He, he was a faithful, faithful kid. He was a shepherd boy looking after his father's sheep, and he had had opportunities to take down lions and bears. And it says in um, 1 Samuel... 34, it's here. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. It says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So David was a shepherd boy, and he had to, 
He had to protect his sheep from lion and bear. Now, he could have come away from those encounters where he killed lions and bears thinking, I'm the man. I'm just strong. I'm a, I'm a real hunter. I'm a real Idaho man. I, I'll take down anything that comes at me. He, he could have come away like, thinking like that. This like real male bravado. But instead, he's like, the Lord was with me. The Lord delivered me from the hand of the lion and the bear. He, he, he understood Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He understood that when he was delivered from the lion and the bear, that he, he acknowledged God's hand in those victories. That it wasn't him. It wasn't because he was a strong guy. He probably wasn't all that strong. But he, he understood that God was with him. And I think for us to trust, we have to know who God is. Trust works two ways. You know, you can't just trust blindly. Trust is not blind. Sometimes we think we just need to trust blindly, but trust is not blind. Trust is, you will trust in something that you know is trustworthy. So you, every one of you are sitting on a chair. You're sitting on that chair because you know that chair is trustworthy. You're trusting that the chair is going to hold you up because your whole life you have seen chairs be trustworthy. So David, in his life, he experienced the trustworthiness of God. He saw that God is good. He saw that God is mighty. He saw that God is kind. He saw that God was with him. He saw that God was for him. He saw that God loved him. He saw that God was all-powerful. So when, when this giant is at him, coming at him, and he's just visiting his brothers, and the whole, listen, the whole Israelite army is afraid of this one man. They've been camping there for months, afraid to move because of this one man, this one giant, Goliath. And David comes out of tending his father's sheep where he has gotten, gotten to know the nature of God. He comes and he sees this Goliath guy taunting the Israelite army. He's like, what, what's going on? Why are you guys just camping here? Let's take him down. This is, this is bread for us. Let's just, let's go after him. Now, we can't face our giants like that unless we know who God is. Amen. We have to know that he's trustworthy. If we, and every single one of us, we have giants in our lives. I love what T.D. Jake says. T.D. Jake says, God brought Goliath to reveal David. God brought Goliath. Sometimes God brings the giants into our life to reveal who we really are in him. We cannot, if, when we live a life of trust and we do the things that God asks us to do, yes, we're going to see more of his nature. We're going to discover more of who God is, but you're also going to discover who you are and who your destiny is. You will, you will not discover who you are, you are truly called to be and the things that you are supposed to step into if you just stay in your little comfort zone. If we stay in our comfort zone like the Israelite army, afraid to take a step, your future is going to look like your past. I don't know about you, but I don't want my future to look like my past. I know God has more for me. 
And it, sometimes it takes baby steps. Sometimes we don't just step straight into our destiny immediately. You know, when Moses was coming, bringing the, the Israelites out of, out of Egypt into the promised land, God spoke to him and gave him this covenant. And he said to him, you're going to go into the promised land. You're going to take possession of it, but just in stages. You're not going to take possession of all of your promised land immediately. You're going to take it in bits and pieces. Because if you try to take all of it, you're not going to be able to take possession of it. Because you, as the Israelites, you're not, you're not enough. They're not enough of you to be able to take possession of all the land. And so the wild beasts, they're going to come and they're going to overwhelm you. So instead, we're going to take it in, just in stages. And that's our life. When we need to live this life of trust where there's something in front of us and we've got to trust that God says, okay, this issue that's in front of you now, we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to go after it together. We're going to take down this giant together. And then once we take it, we take possession of this land. And then once we've taken possession of this, he's like, okay, you're not done. This is now your new comfort zone. Let's step out of this comfort zone. All right, let's go down again. And now we're going to have to take on another giant. Life is not always comfortable. In the kingdom, God is calling you to take possession of a land. He's calling us to extend his kingdom. But when we extend a kingdom, it means he's going to ask us to do some things that are a little bit tricky. They may not be easy. They may not be comfortable. If you look at Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, Moses has just passed away. Moses died. And God has appointed Joshua to now um, take the Israelites into the promised land. And it's a really cool fun fact. Just three weeks ago, I was in, in Jordan, the country of Jordan, where, where Moses was buried. On Mount Nebo, in that area. I got to see it. No one knows where Moses was buried, but I got to see the area that he was buried. And I also got to see, we stood on the point where God spoke to Moses and said, this is the promised land. This is your inheritance. And so we stood there and we got to see it. It's, it's really beautiful. It's amazing. You know, sometimes you read scripture and you think, oh, this is all like metaphoric. It's not, it's not real. And then you go stand in the, like in the places where God spoke and you're like, oh, there's nothing metaphoric about it. He was talking about that, that land, that country, that city. You can see them all. It's, it's really cool. And so we got to see what Joshua would have seen when God said to him, I want you to go and you're going to take these Israelite people and I want you to go after it. I want you to go and take possession of this land that I've promised. But let me, let me turn to Joshua chapter 1. I find this really, really fascinating. God is commissioning Joshua to take the promised land. But, but listen to what he says. No man shall, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Three times God says to Joshua, I will be with you. And three times he says to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Sometimes when we think God is with us, it's going to mean I'm probably not going to be afraid. But actually, when we live in step with the presence of God and we live with him, he's going to lead us into places that we're going to be afraid. And we need to be strong and courageous. Why would he tell Joshua you need to be strong and courageous if he wasn't going to lead him into places where he needed to be strong and courageous? The presence of God doesn't, just, doesn't always take away difficult moments, but takes us into difficult moments where we have to trust him. Because the world out there is dark. There's a kingdom, there's a domain of darkness out there that needs light. That needs the kingdom of Jesus, that needs the kingdom of light. We carry that, we have that, and we have been commissioned to go into this kingdom of darkness and release the light and establish the kingdom of God. That requires trust in Him, which is beautiful because He says He's going to be with us every step of the way. But there are going to be things that we're going to face where we're going to need to rely on Him. We're going to need to remember, I am with you. I am with you. He will not leave me. He has not left me. He's here. He's here with me. I can do this thing. This feels hard. This is like a Goliath standing in front of me. There's a Jericho in front of me right now. What am I going to do? There's a whole city, and God said, I need to take down the city. That was the first, first city Joshua had to, had to take down. It. And I love it. When we walk with God, he has some crazy ideas sometimes. <laughs> what he said to Joshua to do to take down the city of, of Jericho was crazy. It, it made no sense. But when we live a life of trust... We'll hear his voice and we'll trust what he tells us to do, even when it doesn't make sense. God told Joshua, I want, it, I want you to take the elders and you're going to walk around the city wall. That's all you're going to do for, for six days. You're just going to walk around. And then on the seventh day, you're all going to walk around seven times, I think it's, it said. And on the seventh time, you're going to make a big noise. And when you make this big noise, the wall's going to come crashing down. That doesn't make any sense. But Joshua knew who God was. Joshua knew the nature of God. How did he know the nature of God? Well, when he was, Joshua was Moses' assistant before he, he took over the Israelite army. He was Moses' assistant. So when Moses would go into the tent of meeting... Joshua would, would go with him, and he would just hang out there. The scripture says that Moses would leave the tent of meeting, and this is where the presence of God was. Okay? 
God would show up and speak to Moses face to face. And then Moses would leave that place and go and address the people. And the Bible says Joshua would stay. Joshua, Moses' assistant, would stay at the tenor meeting because he just wanted to enjoy the presence of God. He just loved God so much. He experienced the nature of God. He experienced his character. He experienced his presence in such a way he's like, there's nothing better for me than to be here in this place. When we live in that place where we are stewarding our personal intimacy with God, when we are getting to know his nature, know his character through the word, when we're acknowledging him, when we see him show up in everyday life, and we say, oh, that was the hand of God. Wow, he's good. He loves me. He's for me. When we live like that, then when we faced with the Jericho in front of us, we don't freak out. And when he says, actually, you're not going to use swords and weapons to take down the Jericho people. You're going to just walk around it. Even though it doesn't make sense, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Even though it doesn't line up with our own understanding, it, He will still direct our paths because we know who He is. Does that make sense? Is this good? One of uh, Joel, my third year, just earlier, he said that he feels like God is releasing like a fresh motivation to pursue your dreams again. And I feel like when we understand the nature of God and the character of God and we take hold of trust again, I feel like he's restoring dreams as well. So sometimes we lay down dreams because either we've been disappointed time and time again. Maybe we try to pursue them in our own strength. Maybe the timing wasn't right to pursue them. But for whatever reason, we've laid down our dreams. And dreams are from God. God speaks to us through, through dreams. And I'm not just talking about night dreams. I'm talking about dreams in our heart, desires in the heart. God puts dreams and desires in our heart. That's one of the ways he speaks to us. And I feel like today that he's, he's giving you He's reminding you of those dreams, and he's saying, hey, I want you to take hold of them again. Because this life of trust that we're going to live, I want you to take hold of these dreams again, and, and let's go after them together. I, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me, even with your dreams. I want you to trust me with your future. In, in Matthew 11, this is a very, very well-known passage of Scripture where Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Right? We all know that part. We all know it. I'm going to read the whole chunk of Scripture for you quickly. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The context of coming to Jesus, all who labor and are heavy laden, and he will give rest, the context is no one knows the Father except the Son. Jesus knows that when we come to him, He's going to reveal the Father to us. He's going to reveal the nature of God to us. And when we see who God is, when we know who He is, we will experience this rest. Rest comes when we know who God is. And Jesus wants to reveal the Father to us. He's so kind. We, we look through Scripture and we see the life of Jesus. We see how He healed everybody. We see how He raised the dead. We just see how good and kind and beautiful and all-powerful He is. And when we come to Him, He gives us rest. He's like, you can't know the Father in your own strength. You can't know Him by yourself. You've got to come to me and I'm going to reveal Him to you. And when, it's, when, he's, when He reveals the Father to us, when we see who God is, this rest comes upon us. And it's the same thing. It's like when we see the Father this ability to trust comes upon us. And when we trust Him, that's when we're saying, I'm no longer living this life with my own yoke. I'm no longer living burdened by this need to try and perform for God and earn His love and earn His favor and earn salvation. In fact, I can take His yoke upon me. His yoke is easy. His yoke is light. For He has done the work on my behalf. He is good. He has gone before me. He's gracious. He's kind. He's paid the price on the cross for me. All I need to do is trust. And when we trust, we live in rest. So we're all in different stages of our life. We all have different things going on. Some of you might be sitting here and you're thinking, Man, I can relate to that first story of yours where life's just been hard, life's been tricky, don't understand what's going on, or maybe you've just been, just been in a funk in an area of your life for a long time. Maybe it's only been a week, maybe it's been a short time, but you relate to it somehow, and you're like, God, I need help. God, I want to get out of it. I don't want to stay here any longer. I want to live free from it but I know I can't get out of this by myself. Some of you are in that stage and I want to invite you to, to put your trust in Him. I want to invite you to, to partner with His voice. Sometimes He is going to ask you to do something. Other times He's just going to come and lift it off you. And I want you to know that He's faithful. I want you to know that He's good. I want you to know that He's kind. And if you're struggling to believe it, I want you to look back on your life. Take, take a moment just to look back on your life and just see how God has been faithful to you. Let me tell you, the fact that you're alive tells me He's been faithful. The fact that you're alive tells me that He chose you before the foundation of the earth. You were not your parents' idea. You were God's idea. And He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And He paid a really high price. He went to the cross he became sin for us. He destroyed the power of sin and sickness and death. And He rose victorious over it so that we could live. 
in that victory. He's for you. He's faithful. He's good. He's kind. He's personal. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you're at. He understands it better than you are, than you do. He knows how to get you out of it. We can trust Him. Then there's some of you, maybe you're in a good space in life and you want to go and you want to take on some giants. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's take on those giants. But let's take them on by faith. Let's take them on trusting in Him. Okay, because if David had tried to go and kill Goliath in his own strength, not believing that God was with him, I think he would have been the one whose head was was dangling. But he went with God, so he was carrying Goliath's head. Let's Let's go cuddle some giant's heads. Let's go with Him. Let's go in trust. Maybe some of you are here and you're, you're in a great space and you're just like, I am hungering for more of God. I just, I want more of Him. At any cost, I want more of Him. I want to experience more of Holy Spirit. I want to experience revival. I want revival in this church. I want revival in my life. I want revival in the city, in the state, in this country, in the world. Let me just tell you something. Without trust, I don't think revival's going to happen. He's the one who brings it. He's the one who brings it. We, ca- we cannot manipulate God. Our hunger is not going to manipulate God. It's trust in Him that's going to get Him to move. Our hunger, if we're sitting at this table, hungering for Him, begging out of desperation, not knowing that there's a table set before us, not knowing that there's a good Father who's prepared a feast before us. If we think we're beggars, having a big God to move, and we think that our hunger is going to move Him, it's, that's not the case. It's trust. It's sitting at a feasting table, knowing that God is good, knowing that He is kind, knowing that He has pre- prepared a feast for us, knowing that it's His desire to pour out the Holy Spirit, knowing that this is His will for us to experience revival. When we receive it by, by faith in Him, that's when things are going to shift. If you want revival in your life, lift up your gaze. Look to Him. Don't look to what you don't have. Look to Him with eyes of trust, knowing that He's good, knowing that He's kind, knowing that He wants to pour out more of His Spirit upon you. That's His heart. So wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, I want you just to take a moment. I'm not going to call anybody up front. I'm not going to have anybody stand. I feel like this is just between you and the Lord. So I'd love you just to close your eyes for a moment. And just ask the Lord if there's any area of your life where you are needing to trust Him. Is there any area of your life where you have been trying to do something in your own strength or maybe fear got in the way and He's... he's picking it up again and he's saying no I want to give you victory I want you to walk in freedom I want you to walk in wholeness in this area maybe there's struggles with sin and you've just given up trying to get free from it and he's saying hey will you trust me I'm the one who's overcome sin I can give you what you need
Maybe you're here and you've never even had the opportunity to give your life to Jesus and trust Him with your life. I want to say to you that that He is good, that Jesus loves you, that He died for you, that He took your sins upon Himself so that you could live in freedom and in right relationship with the Father. And if you've never put your trust in Him, I want to encourage you to do that today. And I would also encourage you to come and talk to one of the leaders, the pastors of this church. But whatever, is the, whatever the Lord is highlighting to you right now, I just see you giving it to Him. So just in your imagination, just give this issue, whether it's a, a current issue, a future issue, just hand it to Him. He is trustworthy. He is good. He's kind. He's loving. He's wonderful. He's beautiful. He's powerful. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. For some of you, as you give Him your issue, I just see Him giving you something in return. For some, He's going to give you the solution. For some, He's actually going to just lift the issue off of you. For some of you, it might even be a physical issue. I just see healing coming now in Jesus' name. For some of you, He's he's giving you strategy. He's giving you a word. He's prompting you to do something. you that you are so faithful. I thank you that you are so trustworthy, that you've proven yourself trustworthy time and time again. And I thank you that you are trustworthy in every single person's life here, that everyone sitting here can trust you. They can trust you. Even if the situation they're facing feels overwhelming, feels too big, and they're like, "How? No, there's no way out of this one. I thank you, God, that with you there is. There is no situation, no circumstance too big or too difficult for you. And I thank you, God, that every person sitting here has a dream, has a future, has a, has a destiny. And I thank you that you are wanting to give them that destiny. You want to take them by the hand and lead them into their promised land. God, I pray that trust will be something that we live with every single day, that you will increase our ability and our grace to trust in you, increase our confidence in you, increase our confidence in your nature. And I pray that you will reveal yourself to us more and more. Reveal your nature to us, God. Reveal your heart to us. Reveal your character. Help us to, just as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to, to trust in you with all our hearts, to not, lean on our own, to not lean on our own understanding, but to acknowledge you in all our ways. Help us to acknowledge you in all our ways. 
because you desire to make our paths straight. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.